0: Hello and happy Wednesday, Corps. We greet you in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus. And I want you to be hyped on Jesus. I want you to keep your eyes on him and not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Just remember one thing, Jesus is in control. Jesus is in total control and whatever's happening he's allowing it for his own purposes and all we need to do is praise him for the pullout praising for the pullout because we're coming out of it we're in Colossians uh this prison epistle and um the theme to this great book is that we are complete in him now This matter of being complete in him really means in Jesus, we have need of nothing. We have everything we need in him. We don't need to go outside of him. We don't need to, amen, philosophize outside of the word of God, the principles of God, the person of God, the power of God. Everything we need is in him. So um, in chapter one, he deals with a prayer and a placement and a purpose and we've been through that prayer numerous times. As Paul's praying for the church, he's praying for them. And, and we liken this to a tree having branches and, and whatnot. Beginning in verse nine, for this cause, uh, a, a, amen, uh, since the day I heard it, I do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be, now listen to this prayer, filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's a prayer we ought to pray for our lives, our children, our marriages, so forth so on. He moves from the prayer to the placement that we are in Christ and then the purpose to glorify his name. But today, I I wanna deal with three uh, critical conditions that are here in Colossians that uh, I find to be um, very, very important. First. He deals with our dependence upon Jesus and that dependence is first our connection. Now I'm not talking about our our uh positional connection I'm talking about our emotional mental psychological connection to Jesus. He's dealing with this matter of connection for a reason. And 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 uh one of the things that uh we see in this matter of dependence is that unless we are totally connected to Christ we're going to have disconnections in our lives we got to be totally committed totally connected and, and there's got to be a continuance if you will and and it ends in comfort as i'm connected and i continue i'm comforted that's that's the whole uh, bearing a fruit here in Colossians. Now, let me go back, Paul's and part, because this connection, this connectivity to Christ is a daily devotion. Is, is, it's a daily dependence. It's a daily deliverance. We are being delivered every day. I got to maintain that connection with my Lord. When I get up in the morning, I got to read my word. I got to pray to him. I got to praise him. I got to trust him. I got to pour my heart out before him. There's got to be that connection. And then there's got to be that continuance. I have to have a made up mind that to the day I die, I am connected and I'm continued in Jesus. And then the comfort of the word permeates my heart. So he deals with this matter of our dependence. We can't have dependence on anything else outside of Christ. Now we depend on each other, but even that is within Christ. We we depend, Amen, on on people close to us. Even that's in Christ. We pray for one another. So He deals with dependence, but secondly, He deals with His deity in two nine. Now, why His deity? Because in order for the dependence to have power, we have to understand His deity. And it says in 2.9 that he is, Jesus, is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. I don't know how many times I stress this in my sermons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is the triune God, the Trinity, the triunity of God. All a God, one God, amen presenting themselves in three persons, all right, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But the Father and the Holy Spirit has given Jesus the forefront, the fullness, to represent the whole Godhead. So Jesus, in his preeminence, in his person, is God the Son, the Son of God, who speaks for God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. There's no competition with the three; they all they all agree in one, in Christ, and that's why Jesus in John chapter eight, when he was dealing with the physical descendants of Abraham, the Pharisees Sadducees, they said, "Our father's Abraham." He said, uh, "He said, uh, if if you were sons of Abraham, you would have received me, because before Abraham was, I am." Abraham was glad to see my day. Very, very interesting that we we see his deity. He's the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form, and he's the only one that brings favor, grace, to our lives. We can't earn his blessings. We cannot work for his approval. We all are under grace, love we don't deserve. He brings favor, And he brings forgiveness. Now, he forgives us and we are committed and we are obligated, watch this now, to forgive others. People that cannot forgive others, and I I want you to understand this, are in a defensive mood for their rights. People that cannot forgive others cannot see themselves. That's why they can't forgive others. They can't see themselves. And, and and so one of the things that we need to understand is that his deity, amen, is God's, uh, 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 he's the fullness, he brings favor, grace, and he brings forgiveness in which we have to release each other. We got to keep releasing. We can't hold on to things. We can't have these secret pockets of anger and non-forgiveness. God says, no, 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 no. Just like I forgave you, you have to forgive them. So he deals with this dependence. He deals with his deity, but then he deals with a dedication in chapter 3. Seeking those things which are above is a risen life. Now, let me let me go to chapter 3 real quick and, and deal with this. If ye then be risen with Christ, and we know through the operation of Romans 6, we were risen with Christ. We died with him. We was buried with him. And we rose with him. If you then are saved and been risen with Christ, listen to what he says. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now, what what things are above? Wow. His will, his way, his word, his worship, his wealth. Seek those things that are above. Stop seeking these penny issue things of the earth, like pleasure. Yeah, like self-centeredness. You got to raise your eyes. Seek those things that are above. That every request you have, every seeking mechanism in your life ought to glorify God. It, it ought to be something that Jesus would do. What would Jesus do? <laughs> well, what would Jesus desire? What would Jesus pray for? That, that that is seek those things which are above. Now let me stop, Paul because I don't always seek those things that are above. Sometimes I'm seeking the wrong thing in the wrong place, uh, with with the wrong motive, with the wrong reasoning. And God, the Holy Spirit says, number, no, lift your head up, seek those things which are above. The fruit of the spirit, faith, favor. You understand? And and He tells us to. Seek a risen life, but then set a liberated life. Look what he says, verse 2 of chapter 3. Set your affection, uh uh-oh, on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, we can preach on this all night. Because sometimes our affection is set on the wrong things. We want to feel complete in ourselves, and we're not. We want to feel... This is my life. I do what I want to do with it, and it's not. We want to to set our affection on the wrong things. Good-looking man, good-looking woman, rich person, you know, uh, becoming rich. Uh, He says, no, 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 set your affections. Here it is. And, and and this 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 liberates us set your affections on things above not on things on the earth and he tells us why verse 3 for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God so he tells us to seek set and then strive for a loving life. Now, we have to learn how to love. I I hear people in Hollywood says, I fell in love. Ain't no such thing. Everybody in the Bible that fell, it was a bad connotation. You fall forward. You fall backwards. You fall sideways. You got to get up, dust yourself off, keep going. You don't fall in love. You grow in love. You, 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 You understand the love of God, the agapeo love, which is to serve, sacrifice, and submit. That's that's love from God's perspective. And we got to learn how to love God and then how to love each other. And most importantly, how to love ourselves. We don't love ourselves because we don't understand the love of God. And we don't understand the priority of God in loving others. So, We have to grow and we have to learn how to love. Our love towards another person cannot be predicated on how they act or their attitude. We wouldn't love anybody. Our love got to be based on the love of God to us. And that same agapeo love is what we love others with. It's a forgiving love. Yeah. It's a supporting love. It's a supplying love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a serving love. It's a submission love. Where we submit to God in order to love one another. Look what Jesus said. There's two commandments that covers the 10. Thou shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy mind. In the second, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Meaning I can take 400 and something statutes, 10 commandments and roll them into two commandments, loving God and loving one another. And when you see, and you see it today in politics, when people can't love other people, they don't know God. We love you. Have a great Wednesday. And practice Jesus' love. He's worthy.